Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Keep it rolling. Hey, we're going to keep it going. 12 to 3. <laughs> Radio on set. Ready? Go. So people who don't know, Wes will oftentimes put out a video that you can check out on our social media handles. Twitter, at Wes and Walker. Wes Bryan underscore 72. At Walker Mail. Yep, there's another one. At HTV underscore Josh. And Wes did not do the video yet until we were about to hop on the mic. And so you heard some overlap of him doing the video, <laughs> me turning on the mic, us starting the show, and meeting in the middle of the Venn diagram. It's Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We are off and try to manufacture some energy. Not for any reason. Nobody's in a bad mood. We got good mood fitty again. It's just that we're not coming in with the most energy this Wednesday. It's just not happening right now. We are a week away from Panthers training camp practice starting. We do have rookies reporting to Wofford on Saturday. The vets will report on Tuesday, and then practice starts a week from today. So we'll give you some of those intriguing storylines. We'll get to all of your Carolina Panthers breakdown stuff. You heard Colin, I believe, with a flash. What is it what that Hoggard does? Hoggard on the headlines? Is that what his role is when he gives you storylines? I don't know what Hoggard the historian does, but that sounds right up his alley. So Hoggard, I think, I think Hoggard on the headlines told you about Alex Highsmith, the Charlotte kid, agreed to a big old contract. How does that affect Brian Burns? We'll get to that in a moment. But I'm struggling right now, Wes. I don't know if you are either. Troppy, he asked us if we wanted anything from Bojangles because he went on a run. He was going to go get some breakfast for Fitty or some lunch, whatever. And it smells phenomenal. And now I immediately regret not getting any Bojangles when he asked us at the time. Man, that must be something because you normally don't like to eat during the show. So, uh, But I'm having to smell the Bojangles in here. And so now, yeah, <laughs> Fiddy's just holding up a Chicken Supreme. Are you asking me if I want one or are you just gloating that you have one? No, do you, do you want some chicken? No, it's okay. I appreciate it, okay. though. Isn't that nice of him? <laughs> it was. It was very nice of you, Fiddy. I appreciate that. But yeah, I'm trying to get my Bryce Young on. For those that don't know, Bryce Young, JJ put out on Twitter, Jonathan Jones of CBS, if you don't know. He tweeted out a few hours ago, Bryce Young is embracing Charlotte already, recently agreeing to a partnership with the legendary restaurant Bojangles. Spoke with the Panthers franchise QB about that and how he's preparing for his NFL training camp. And there's a big old picture on that tweet with Bryce Young having four tailgate boxes of Bojangles, two in each Load hand. Load it up. It looks great. It is it is tradition. You have to be with Bojangles. You have to partner with Bojangles if you are the starting quarterback. We know Jake DeLome did it. I guess Cam Newton, did he do it like that? No, I don't think Cam ever did yeah. an endorsement with Bojangles. I don't think he did either. I guess you're right. So maybe you don't have to be, you don't have to have that partnership. But Bryce Young is embracing it, and we all appreciate it. Let's go ahead and get off the bus with the tailgate boxes in hand and talk about some more Carolina Panthers topics. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. We will get to training camp, but I did want to get to some other football topics as well because Wes, Fitty, you guys had a draft with Kyle Bailey yesterday, a fictional football character draft where you were drafting also. I mean, Kyle did a great job of putting together a list, a word bank, a name bank for you to choose from. Even some of you, I believe, went off script every now and then. But that draft 
sounded like a lot of fun. You can go check it out on the Kyle Bailey tab on WFNC.com. May I ask who won the draft yesterday? Who do you feel had the better team between you two and also Kyle and Smo? I think I did. Uh, I had Coach Herman Boone from Remember the Titans. I had Willie Beeman. I had Alvin Mack. I had Terrell Owens. Uh, I had... I heard your Terrell Owens pick. Yeah. Terrell Owens was a little used wide receiver okay. in any given Sunday <laughs> playing himself. It's hard to argue because we know in real life Terrell Owens is also good. So yeah. that sounds like a good All squad. All of fame receiver. Fitty, do you agree that Wes won the draft or do you feel like you won it? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to feel like I won because I drafted my team. I took Tony D'Amato from any given Sunday. I did take Shane Falco to be my quarterback. Brian Murphy, his wide receiver. I got great offensive lineman and Louis Elastic and Michael Orr. I, I got Forrest Gump line. on my roster. I think where Wes may have won the draft was, and this was the easy way out. He drafted Airbud. And how are you complaining about a guy drafting a dog that can do everything? Yeah, do you want to be the one that says anything bad about a golden receiver? Because I certainly do not. Yeah. <laughs> So, imagine imagine Mel Kiper coming in and chastising that pick. There's just no way. Yeah, there's nothing you're, you could say. There, no, there's absolutely nothing you can say. In fact, when we do the basketball draft, I might get OG air, bud. Oh, okay. Just saying. I mean, he's out there. Yeah. We all know that he's a character that could be had in the basketball draft. Fiddy, I'll tell you, I have a problem with your quarterback. Look, Whoa. look I love the replacements. We've talked about how great that movie is, and it is my favorite TV movie of all time. But we have to remember, Shane Falco, he gets a little lemon booty in some of those big games, man. And he only has how many? How much of a sample size mm-hmm. do we have from Shane Falco playing big-time football in meaningful moments? There was even a game that they won with the Washington Sentinels where he threw it and hit somebody in the helmet, and then they won because of an offensive lineman scoring. It wasn't because of him. It was in spite of him. So I just don't know about your quarterback being able to lead your football team to a championship. I did debate between him and Matt Saracen from Friday Night Lights. Not to mention I have Vontae Mack, a.k.a. the Black Panther. Yeah. So you had a superhero and a legitimate all-pro wide receiver on your squad. Yeah. It's tough to beat. It's really tough to beat. Who was your quarterback? You had Willie Beeman as your QB, right? Yeah, I don't know, man. I look... I just, I want Shane Falco to be successful, <laughs> and he was at the end of that movie. It's great stuff, but I just don't know if he was the number one quarterback you should have gone with. Yeah, no, it was, it was between him and Matt Saracen. I loved Matt Saracen in Friday Night Lights. Okay. I've never seen the show. What? I know a lot of people get on me for I that. I think we talked about that before. We have. Kyle is also somebody, as we bring him up again, I think he was disappointed to hear that from me. I think we as a show. <laughs> I'm already laughing. We, we, we need to commit... <laughs> to watching the show that Wes wants us to Uh watch. New season, whatever it is. But we as a show, we need to watch Friday Night Lights together. I've seen the movie. The 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 TV show is way better. Okay, because the movie was pretty good. The movie's okay. I thought it was pretty what? good. It's it's okay. Yeah, Wes, get No, I completely disagree. That was one of my favorite football movies until I found out, you know, that they did Dallas Carter a right. little dirty and made them look like thugs. But other than that, the movie was fantastic. Well, the funny thing is you could draft some of those Dallas Carter guys because they had legitimate NFL players on that have. squad. I could have. Yes, I certainly could have. Michael, uh, Jesse Armstead. Well, and I'm not going to do this, but because just it's, it's not within the spirit of the game, but when I do this basketball draft, whenever it goes down, I guess either today but probably tomorrow i think kyle was talking about when we do it 
I want to go with, I think his name is Ed Crane, who oh. is who is the player in Coach Carter that wins the champion. Ed Crane pool. That might be where it's from. I think his last name's Crane, though. And it's based off Tyson Chandler, who ends up winning the championship oh, and no, beating it's, it's, it's Richmond. Oh, no, it's Ty Crane. That's Ty Crane. Thank you. Yes. So Ty Crane, that would be the guy to draft. But it's not within the spirit because it's got such a, such a little role. But he's based off Tyson Chandler, who was the number two pick, this crazy guy out of Dominguez High School who was an amazing high school prospect. But it's just not in the spirit of it. So I might have to go with a um, one of the better players on Richmond High. Instead. I was going to say, I don't know how Rich, Neon, Neon Badeau is not the number one pick. I mean, if I don't have the number one pick, I can't go with Neon Bordeaux. Well, I'm the, you're not going to get the number one pick. Yeah, who's going to get it? Kyle, because it's his show. That's yeah. what he did to us yesterday. Oh, okay. So I have to be ready for that. But you need to go Neon Badeau first round. All right. So CJ is saying Nathan Scott needs to be the number one pick. Um, yo, I can I can get some help from the listeners here, just so I can be a little bit more prepared when we actually do this thing. 704-570-9610. Do you think Wes or Fitty had the better draft? And... Who are some guys that should be on the short list for me on my big board when I do my basketball draft with Kyle Bailey? We don't have much time. I did want to get to one major storyline. We'll get to one major storyline just a week away from Carolina Panthers practice starting at training camp. And then we can talk about it some more on the other side of the break. But Wes, if I had to ask you, number one storyline you're looking towards when training camp starts next week, what is the storyline you're working on? Oh, man, I hate to take the easy way out, but it's just going to be can Bryce Young continue to look the way that he's looked so far, especially with all the vets out there, everybody rocking and rolling. Is he going to continue to dominate? That's my number one story. I think I'm going to roll with the wide receiver position battle. I want to see how it all shakes out between Jonathan Mingo with Terrace Marshall, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen. It's just so hard for me to try to figure out who's going to lead the team in receiving yards, receptions, targets, especially when you add Hayden Hurst to the mix, but the wide receiver battle where you might have a surprise cut. Shai Smith, I believe, was the third leading receiver on this team last year. The guy might get cut. Terrace Marshall, who was, I think, the second leading receiver on this team last year. Is he going to be the third best option, or is DJ Chark and Jonathan Mingo, your rookie, going to overtake him? LaVisca Chenault, the guy you traded for, is he going to be a surprise cut? I have no clue what's going to happen with all of those guys. So for me, yeah, Bryce Young, clearly the number one storyline. Going with something different, I'm really excited to see how the wide receiver room shakes out. And that position, Wes, always seems to grab the most attention when we give the training camp MVPs away. So that's what I'm looking at first and foremost. Well, obviously it's going to be Adam Thielen. He has an 83 on Madden. That's the reason you're going to go with Thielen? Because Madden, <laughs> Madden, the Madden Raiders? Yeah, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be some, some great uh, battles going on there, and I definitely want to see what Mingo's going to look like as well, because this is the next step for a receiver. You've been out there with just helmets and shorts on. Now it's going to be contact. Bryce Young's not going to get contact, so you get a picture, but not a clear picture, because he's not getting hit like that. But for the receivers, it is going to start to get physical, so we're going to get to see who's going to rise out of that group. Too. Well, and, and I don't know, just to kind of coincide and bring both of our topics together, is there a connection that Bryce Young finds the most favorable? You know how we'll ask who 
the favorite target is going to be, does that become somewhat clear before we even get to preseason? And if so, does that last through preseason, the beginning portion of his NFL career? I think some of those questions is what we're going to be looking for as training camp approaches. We'll talk a little more about it on the other side of the break and also bring up Alex Highsmith, a Charlotte Niner crib, signs a big deal with Pittsburgh. Straight cash, homie. Yeah, man. How will that affect Brian Burns? Let's get to it. Wes and Walker off and running. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I appreciate my scouting staff helping me, a.k.a. the text line with the basketball draft coming up. we got a lot of good inclusions. I don't want to reveal all of the characters here because, one, I'm only compromising my strategy heading into the NBA or the basketball fictional character draft, but also we're going to be talking about it, I guess, at some point in the afternoon this week. But we do have a lot of good entries here. I know you were excited about some of these names. Somebody wrote in Joanna Man which I'm not exactly sure you could do that movie in this day and age, (laughs) but it was filmed in Charlotte, the Charlotte Banshees, Joanna man, very own. Also Vivica, a Fox too. You could take that character as well. Um, I don't know. This is the question that I had though. And Wolfpack James brings up, you got to go with Michael Jordan from space jam. So, okay. Okay. That's fair. But, but so I don't know if Michael Jordan counts. So if we're doing fictional characters, this is the, this is the rule I need to get clear with Kyle because Michael Jordan is not a fictional character. Yeah. He's playing himself. You drafted Terrell Owens. Does he play Terrell Owens? Is he playing yeah. that? on the back of his jersey, if you look, because he doesn't have a speaking part, but when you look on the back of his jersey, it says Owens. All right. So is that somewhat cheating because you're getting a real nope. guy? Because he was in the movie. But you can get Jesus Shuttlesworth, even if it's Ray Allen, because he's not playing Ray Allen. But Michael is playing Michael. Mm-hmm. So then you could just get Charles Barkley, Muggsy Bogues. We could just have the whole Space Jam squad out there. Yeah. That doesn't feel like it's the spirit of the game. Am I the one ruining the game by looking you too are. hard into the details? If okay. they were in front of a camera and it was called a movie <laughs> and they were in it, then it counts. Okay. <laughs> I will, I'll wear it. I'm ruining the game. I, before we even play, I apologize, man. I'm a stickler. I'm trying to figure out the rules and I'm absolutely ruining everything. I apologize. 704-570-9610. You can feel free to send me some more of your ideas on who to draft in the basketball draft coming up later this week. Let's talk about the NFL draft where Alex High Smith was taken as I believe a third or fourth rounder when he was taken from the Charlotte 49er football program. I remember then Mel Kuyper was talking about how this pick was not going to fail, that maybe he needed to play the run a little bit better, but he was really excited about what Pittsburgh had picked up at that time. And I thought Highsmith would go maybe even early in the third round, but fell a little bit later. And man, was he rewarded for what was an excellent season last year, had 14 and a half sacks in this last season. You saw him become one of the better edge rushers in the NFL. Wes, he got paid like it. How about Alex Highsmith? agreeing to a four-year, $68 million contract. He'll make over $27.7 million in guarantees and $38 million over the first two new years of the deal. The Steelers did announce this all on Wednesday. We can talk about the Brian Burns effect in just a moment, but I just wanted to shed light on how incredible this guy's story is. This is someone that was not a phenomenal high school football player until a couple of years later into his career was a walk-on at Charlotte, a team with a still 
pretty infant football program had only been in existence since 2013. And then Alex Highsmith can't even get a scholarship immediately with Charlotte in its infancy. Then eventually gets it, becomes one of the best Charlotte 49ers of all time to ever come from that football program. Is so good to the point where he does get drafted where he was makes an impact immediately, then becomes one of the better edge rushers, and now is going to be making $27 million in guaranteed money with $38 million possibly coming his way the first two years and up to $68 million. An incredible story. Here we are talking about Queen City icons. Here's one that actually got paid like it here, Wes. Just yes. a phenomenal story. Couldn't be happier for also what is a great dude. Have had the chance to talk to him multiple times over his Charlotte career. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Really happy for him. Yeah, I ran into him one time actually uh, at the movies. Uh, we were going to see the same film too. I forgot what it was. It was some type of action movie. But anyway, uh, as you said, the guy had a fantastic season. ESPN Next Gen Stats named him the number six disruptor in all of football. Uh, they talked about he put together the best year of his career, doubling his previous season high for sacks and posting a quarterback pressure rate that was better than many of the household name. So he definitely showed and proved uh, this year. And so you love it. 35 hurries for him. Just a complete menace back there. Really great feather in the cap for Charlotte football to be able to put him in that program guide and show the kids around here that, hey, you can come to Charlotte and you can go to the NFL and be successful. We can coach you to success here. So I'm definitely excited for him too. Nice guy. Huge guy as well, man. That's a big guy. Big, strong dude. He was yes. a workout warrior, too. There was, like, <laughs> legendary stuff with him in uh, in the weight room because he did. He had to work for everything. This is not someone that came in with a scholarship because of this God-given talent. He had to work at it. And also, I think that's kind of what's interesting about this to me, Wes. It's He's got a very good speed rush. He's powerful, as we talk about some of the weight room conversations that would happen with how impressive the, the numbers, the impressive numbers he would throw up. But the fact that this is someone that did work on athleticism and achieved it, that's got to be crazy hard because you can have this tremendous work ethic and that'll get you a lot of places. Sometimes when you go to the NFL, you just have to have this God-given ability. He certainly has it, but the fact that he worked to be a top 10 edge rusher in the NFL, man, that's a premium position. And here he is playing as well as a lot of guys at that spot in the playing for a historic franchise like Pittsburgh, where he's winning the respect of Mike Tomlin, who is a legendary coach, will be a legendary coach when he when he's all said and done. I just am I'm thrilled, man. Like being a Charlotte 49er alum makes everybody proud, especially here in the city. So really cool to see. Now let's get to the guy that actually plays still in the Queen City with Brian Burns being the edge rusher that has not worked out a deal yet. Wes, how important is it for the Carolina Panthers to get an extension done before maybe training camp starts, but really before the season starts. Well, with any player, it's always the sooner the better because you're always going to come out cheaper uh, when you get the deal done sooner. So I would imagine they would like to get it done before Nick Bosa gets his done because we talked about this yesterday. I feel like that he has the leverage. Uh, if Nick Bosa comes in at that number, PFF predicted at 33-plus uh, per season annual average. I feel like Burns has enough leverage to be able to say, hey, I want 29 to 30 
and coming in that number. So I think the Panthers need to try to get this done before training camp so they can maybe try to get that number that's something a little bit more comfortable for them. But I think if Nick Bosa goes ahead and sets the top of the market, that Brian Burns has the leverage to be able to come in just under that. And so I think they'll want to try to save just a little bit of money if they can. Yeah, I think it is. And I think it's important for Carolina to get this done as soon as possible. You know, the sooner you get this done, then I think what helps is that you don't have the inflation and you don't have the other deals coming in to where that's going to affect what happens with Brian Burns. Now, Burns could be just slow playing this to see what else happens, right? You mentioned Nick Bosa. We haven't been talking about Alex Highsmith potentially getting paid, but now here's Alex Highsmith. Brian Burns is going to get want to get paid. No, he did not finish with the same amount of sacks as Highsmith did, but I have to imagine Burns considers himself a better edge rusher than what Alex Highsmith is. So if that's the case, that he's going to want a considerable amount more. There's going to be that gap that he's going to be asking for for Carolina. So if you can get something signed before you have other deals come in, that's only going to help the Carolina Panthers. Problem is, Brian knows that. I This all goes back to the original point when we would talk about this. There doesn't seem to be any beef between the two parties. There's been no reason for us to believe that there's going to be this hostile situation between the two, that this is going to get nasty between Brian Burns and Carolina. Brian Burns has been appearing in all of the events so far. He's not holding out right now. He's showing up to the workouts and all of that. We'll see what happens with training camp, but there's been no report as to suspect Brian Burns is going to hold out of training camp or anything like that. So I do expect it. I do expect it to be okay. But until he actually signs the contract, you can never be too sure. I mean, we always think it's okay until it's not okay. And everybody's been wondering why the deal hasn't been signed yet. And I think that's exactly what it is. I think Brian Burns is waiting for the market to be set. And so I think that the Panthers have definitely want wanted to get this done as evidenced by the fact that they've already offered a deal. So they're trying to get out ahead of this thing because they know, uh, you know, once Nikki Bosa signs that deal, man, it, it could go up. That price could go, could go up. Brian Burns knows that. As I keep saying, he has excellent leverage on the Panthers. So this thing could go from being nice and cordial to it getting a little bit contentious. But I think at the end of the day, they'll get something done that both sides will be happy with. Now, Brian Burns is not the only contract situation to possibly look at here. In fact, the other contract situation does surround your rookie quarterback in Bryce Young. Joe Person explained a little more in detail, a part of The Athletic, as to why the contract between the Panthers and Bryce Young has not been signed yet. Here is the direct quote from Joe Person. The hope is that Young's contract situation will be settled before the start of training camp. That's going to be within one week's worth of time as soon as practice starts. Wednesday of next week, the CBA rules allow rookies to participate in OTAs and mini camps without a contract, but they can't practice at training camp until the contract is finalized. The holdup is likely related to the timing of the payout of Young's signing bonus, which with the slotted salaries for draft picks is one of the few negotiating items remaining for rookies and their agents. Young's four-year contract is projected to be about $38 million with $24.6 million signing bonus. According to Spotrack, Young still has a week before the Panthers first practice July 26th at Wofford, but the Panthers rookies are scheduled to be in Charlotte beginning Saturday for three days before the full team reports to Wofford on July 25th. So really all that says, 
the Panthers are hoping to get this done at any moment. This could be something that comes in any second now, to be honest with you, considering we're only a few days away from rookies reporting, only a couple more days before the vets report, and then one week out before practice actually happens. What do you make of that contract not being signed quite yet? Yeah, I mean, rookies, it's always funny because they're slotted to a certain space, and so you would think it would just be as easy as, okay, this is what you're going to get. Everything's already done, like a pre-made contract, but it's not. There's always different language. I've heard about offsetting, uh, offsets and different things like that that people are looking for, and so with Bryce Young, you, you do wonder, it's your number one pick, like, this should already be done. This should be a formality, and he should already be locked in. So it's a little curious to me, but I think this is something that will certainly get done, and I would expect this to be finished before they get to training camp. I think there's no question about that. Well, because you don't want your rookie quarterback, your franchise guy, to miss out on any time. And if he can't play, if he can't be a part of training camp and practice before he gets this contract signed – then Carolina and Bryce Young, they're both going to be motivated to get something finished before they actually report to Wofford. Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried about it just because I think there's incentive for both parties to get something signed. Now, yes, Bryce Young is going to want his money to come at the right time as he wants it with the signing bonus coming at different moments, right? So we'll see what happens, but I'm not worried about it quite yet. We still have a couple of days before training camp. Um, Now, this is something kind of interesting to me. Because you have here, Wes, as one of these ideas, would the Panthers fans have rather drafted Bryce Young this year, or given the chance, would they have rather drafted Drake May next year? Now, there's no way to guarantee that you would have the opportunity to draft Drake May next season because the guy's probably going to go one or two, and I can't imagine that he falls anything less than three. The way that would happen is Caleb Williams one, Marvin Harrison Jr. two, Drake made number three. Yes. So if you went with one of these other rotating QBs, it might be good enough to not get a top three pick. You know why? Because it wasn't good enough to get a top three pick or bad enough to get a top three pick. This path, uh, path, excuse me, past draft selection. <laughs> yeah. So Sam Darnold is good enough to have you win enough games where you're not one of the bottom three teams. Then it's not going to happen, right? Like to me, that's why. Because there was an opportunity for Carolina to trade up and go get Bryce Young, I always thought that this was the right time. What say you on what Panther fans would rather do? What would you rather do? No, you've been a big fan of Bryce Young. No, you questioned Drake May a little bit because of him faltering at the end of the last season. Sure. How do you measure these two scenarios? Uh, you know, it was just interesting to me just checking out lists and seeing where they had Drake Mann. He's going to be a top pick. And so I just, you know, we love alternate universes here on Wes and Walker. So I was just thinking if Panthers fans had their choice, because we know we have a lot of guys out there who don't like the size of Bryce Young, who don't think he's going to last and things of that nature. So it just made me ponder the fact that Drake May is a local kid straight out of Myers Park High School, went to North Carolina, big time draft prospects so you have all those intangibles coming with him but just wondered if fans had it to do over again and if I presented you with two scenarios if I said okay you could trade for the number one pick this year and take Bryce Young or wait until next year and you could trade up to the number one or number two slot because I still think he'll go number two 
So you could trade up to the number two slot and take Drake May. It was just something interesting to ponder, man. I get on my Pastor Troy a lot, the vice versa. I like to think of just kind of alternate types of... That's right. I like to think of different types of scenarios. (laughs) And so that made me think about what Carolina fans, if given the choice, would they prefer to have... Drake may over Bryce Young. All so right, Fiddy. But I, what I want it, no. I know you I would take Bryce Young all day. I do respect Drake May a lot, and I think he's worthy of the, the billing that he's getting, but I would go uh, Bryce Young. Real quickly, let's just take care of some business here. Fiddy, I saw you reaching for the sounder. I stumbled upon my words. Go ahead and play the Mitch Kupchak stumbling on his words during a press conference recently. Well, everything that we, you know, every answer they got, we got to every, every question. Yeah, that was me right there trying to talk about a past draft selection. So feel free to play that anytime I stumble upon my mm. Um When we talk about the timing of this, yeah, that's the thing. Draft Bryce Young because that is the window of opportunity now. You cannot wait another year. Hope that you're bad enough to have a top three selection. And even then, let's say you are the third worst team in the NFL. It still might not be good enough. Because even with Marvin Harrison Jr. being a Jamar Chase type of wide receiver prospect, maybe even being better, he was that good at Ohio State last year. Even with that happening, we all know how important QBs are. So it's very likely that Caleb Williams and Drake May goes one and two. So you have to be at least the second worst team in the NFL. And there's no definitive answer that that could happen. You weren't with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and PJ Walker, all starting games for you last year. And Matt rule was your coach because you were going to move on from Matt rule. So there's no way that you could expect that to happen. Even if you did bring back Sam Darnold as a QB. Now, the interesting part to me about this is if you could go back three years ago, and do all of this over again, that's the question to me that would get a wide range of answers. Because I was one. I wanted Carolina to draft Justin Fields. I thought it was time. I didn't want to do the rotating musical chairs QB thing anymore. I wanted them to draft a QB each of really the last three draft classes. Justin Herbert was one that went before the Carolina Panthers had a chance to select him. But the reports were... Marty Herney loved himself some Justin Herbert, and man, that would have been a great pick. But instead, the Chargers took him at six overall. Carolina was one pick behind, so you would have had to trade something up to go get him. The other QBs that were drafted where Carolina could have selected them, it's not like they are definitively going to be the next hot thing. Justin Fields, polarizing. I like Justin Fields, but a lot of people don't. If you could, Wes, if you were the Carolina Panthers, would you go back and go through three awful years, two and a quarter of awful years of Matt Rule coaching, doing the Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold thing? Or would you just have to endure all that pain just because it does land you Bryce Young? Like, I think if you were to tell us three years ago, this is where we're going to land. Patience is not exactly the number one quality I would describe for a fan, but maybe if you ended up with Bryce Young and the situation, you would go through all the pain that you did instead of just drafting one of these QBs in the previous three draft classes. No question. Getting a quarterback, it's all about hope. And we know that in this league, if you don't have a great quarterback, you're dead. And so if you have the opportunity to land a franchise-changing quarterback, you will go through half 
half a decade. I'd go through a decade of pain if it meant on the other side of it that I was going to get a guy that was going to have me. Like if you knew, like uh, let's just say it was a, a, a you are a Kansas City Chiefs fan and you said, now, Lord, they went a long time before they were able to get it. But if yeah. they said, hey, you're going to go through 10 years of just heartache, but then you're going to get Patrick Mahomes on the other side of this and be in it every single year. You're going to take that 10 times over. I wonder if that's true for everybody else. I'm taking it 10 times over. Fiddy, is that true for you? If you had to endure zero playoff appearances, that kind of pain is what I'm talking about. For 10 straight years before you could get Pat Mahomes. But you knew you were going to get him. No, and that's fair. I think I would too. I just don't know if that's the consensus. Is that what you would do? Yes, because you're getting arguably the most talented guy to ever play the the position. So, yeah, I mean, the thing is... is Ten years is a lot. I just want... This is the reason I'm asking. Okay, I'm a Dallas fan. They've won three playoff games in my lifetime. So, ten years is nothing that I'm not comfortable with. It just feels like a long time. I would do it, too. Wes was just saying everybody would do that. I was wondering if that's true, but you're probably right. I just wanted to take that to the text line. Here's another thing I've always talked about with Pat Mahomes. You know how you'll get the four first-round picks, all of the pick swaps when there's a star to be had at the trade deadline in the NBA? I've talked about this, too, with Pat Mahomes. Is that guy the only athlete that you wouldn't trade for 10 first round picks coming back to you in return. Like how many first round picks, how many things would it take for you to trade Pat Mahomes? Is there an answer? Cause I don't think there is. Well, you know? I was going to say like if, if Otani was on a winner, I think Otani would fit that build, but Otani's not in a, on a winner. Well, and baseball is totally different. So Shohei Otani can't make just because of how the sport is designed. Shohei to me can't make that much of a difference. Like Pat Mahomes can at QB or a basketball player because it's it's baseball is an individual sport camouflaged as a team sport. Does LeBron fit this conversation? He did not now because of his age, mm-hmm. but he certainly he certainly did. Yeah, you're not trading ten first round picks. You're 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 not trading LeBron for ten first round picks. What about prime Kevin Durant? No. Yeah, you're not doing that either. Yeah, I mean, and even in in a sport like the NFL where first round picks are, I mean, are they they're probably more valuable? Than NBA because you have so many protections. Depends on yes. the, and it depends on the draft year. Yeah, it does. Like this year, the NBA number one overall pick was super valuable. Yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, yeah, Spence said Walker. I could not endure ten years of pain. See, our lifespan is uncertain. Oh, okay. Well, that's taking a, a dark road. <laughs> that's kind of a morbid look. You're right. Wow. Uh, um, yeah, I I was interested to see if that would be the consensus. We can move on. I do want to get to a campus corner. We'll bring that back. Nick Saban's legacy is it on the line in 2023? Paul Feinbaum coming in with some hot takes. We'll get to that soundbite coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Debates are raging in here. Mahomes Burrow, Mahomes Herbert. Did you hear that sound from Fiddy? Are you okay? Did you burp or what was going on? No. 
Can football season just hurry the hell up? Yeah, we 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 would love that, and I and it just sparked an idea in my mind as I uh, stepped out for a second. I think every day on social we should do a question of the day, something that will spark debate. Like well, we have some. But what we do have a lot of the problem is we go on tangents, and I can't keep everything organized. Yes, it's my fault. Like I'm taking full responsibility, but there's so many exits on this highway to nowhere that we take, where it takes us forever to get to the questions, and then we don't end up reading some of the answers that people have so maybe if we just get a little more organized but i did want to say i'm talking and rambling there's no it's, it's you yeah i know i'm sorry <laughs> but you said you were so hungry for football to start i was i found myself yesterday you know kind of like floating in space and then i was i was surfing the channels it stopped and i was watching a cardinals vikings 2009 rerun on nfl network between brett Favre and kurt warner and younger larry fitzgerald Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of scratching my neck yeah, for man. football and, to come and, back. And I've always said that I've been more of a college football that I watch old college football games uh, instead of you know old NFL games. But I found myself watching Super Bowls. I sat there and watched the Bills and the Giants for a little bit on Sunday. Then I wanted to watch a little bit of my Niners when they beat the Chargers. So yeah, man, I'm I'm feeling that. But for now, let's go to the campus, Kona. SEC Media Day. Okay, I like the little switch right there, the CBS theme going right there, college football, and perfectly timed because Nick Saban was on the podium today at SEC Media Day. But let's start this thing out with Paul Feinbaum. Always wanting to give you a hot take. Let's hear what he said about Nick Saban's legacy if they miss the college football playoffs again. If for some reason Alabama does miss the playoffs again this year, are we going to be talking about Nick Saban's legacy in a different light? I think, yes, you have to. Uh, and first of all, nothing is going to take away from what he's accomplished. And for those who don't follow this closely, he's won six national championships at Alabama since arriving in 2007. He won another one at LSU. But uh, if, if he is in the same league as, as somebody who has now, at the end of the season, won three, then that's a, that's a, big, that's a big hit on his legacy. And I, I think you have to, you also have to question Saban for what happened last year. He had the best team in the country going in. They were nearly unanimous. And, it, and, it, and at the NFL draft, in case anyone wasn't paying attention, let me refresh your memory. He had the best offensive player and the best defensive player. Will Anderson on defense and, of course, the Heisman Trophy winner from two years ago and the number one pick, Bryce Young, on offense. And with that, he still couldn't get it done. Come on, Paul. Like, I, I, I like Paul Feinbaum, man, but let's keep it real. You're hating. You're hating hard. Come on, now, how is Nick Saban's legacy going to be in question if he doesn't make it to the college football playoffs? I mean, can I interest you in an 88% winning mark in Tuscaloosa? Can I interest you in eight SEC championships? Ten SEC titles, so I guess we're talking eight SEC championship games and then regular season titles and seven natties. Come on, dog. This is the best coach of our era, probably the best college football coach of all time. If the man misses the college football playoffs this year, it's probably going to be because he doesn't have a quarterback because Jalen Milrow is not able to get the job done. 
So I think that even though this Alabama team is very unassuming compared to other teams of the past, no, sir, not in any type of universe. And we love alternate universes here. Is Nick Saban's legacy going to be on the line if they miss the college football playoff? Let's look at this guy's year last season. Just last season, the one where if he replicates it, his legacy takes a hit, according to Paul Feinbaum. They went 11-2, and and they won the Sugar Bowl. And if he does that again, his legacy takes a hit. Like, how crazy is that? That, uh, I mean, maybe Paul Feinbaum's whole point is that there's nobody even touching Nick Saban to where if he makes two years in a row not getting to the college football playoffs, then you have to dock him a decimal point. But that is absolutely ridiculous. Imagine winning the Sugar Bowl, going 11-2, and two, your losses by the skin of your teeth. Hendon Hooker right. going for a deep throw in LSU. That went to overtime. We were praising what two Bryce point Young conversion. Did. Those two losses, the only ones on your schedule, missing the playoff, and your legacy takes a hit. And if you win one of those games, you get to the college football playoffs. And I meant he won eight SEC Amazing. championships at Alabama. He's got ten total, right. counting the ones at LSU. Well, yeah, won, won a championship at LSU and he has is a the million championships. It's crazy. Yeah, no. it's uh, Now, maybe the carrot cake take, maybe that puts it <laughs> on his legacy. But we'll get to that when we go with the Fitty's favorites a little bit later in the All show. All right, so... Uh, Talking about another SEC team in the area, the South Carolina Gamecocks. And Spencer Radler, 8-5 and five last year as a starter. He was the team MVP. He completed 66% of his throws for over 4,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, though a little paltry there, and 12 interceptions. But this is a guy that just a couple of seasons ago was fancied as a number one overall pick. He has a chance to put himself in the conversation, maybe not for top one or two, but he could definitely get into the first round conversation because he definitely has the skills to pay the bills. And if you guys watched QB1 on Netflix, you guys should watch that too. You can get a little bit more in-depth about just the pedigree of this kid. But is he the area college football player with the most approved? Because I say uh, yes, because I think after last year, he teased us beating Clemson the way they ended the season. And with all the talent we know that he has and what he's capable of, is he the most? Does he have the most approved? So Spencer Rattler had a QBR against Kentucky, eighty-four point six, when he went fourteen of nineteen with still under two hundred yards passing, and that was the best QBR game he had until you get to Tennessee, fifth-ranked Volunteer team coming in. That you spank sixty-three to thirty-eight, yes. and then you beat your rival in Clemson, thirty-one to thirty. He threw for 360 yards. He combined for over 800 pass, or right at 800 passing yards in the last two games of the regular season before playing Notre Dame. Those two games, those two games are the only thing that made Gamecock fans okay with Spencer Rattler starting at QB again. You're talking about 438, 360. The previous high before that was 377 against Arkansas, the second game of the season. And it was a lot of pedestrian performances before. Yeah, man, the last few games of the regular season and the bowl game for him, it it was amazing the kind of uh, salvaging of a reputation he had. Because if he didn't, if he just put up normal performances like he had been going into December, then nobody would care if he was coming back or not. But now you kind of do, and you're hoping he can pick up – where he left off last season. So does he have the most approved? Yes. All right. We'll take that to the bank, and we will move on. When we come back, Team Week continues talking App State defense on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.